0: One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Man, you guys sound dynamic. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh Rama from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay. praise God. So we still need it. We're always going to need it. And that's what makes all the difference in our lives is the word and our commitment to it. Amen. Our commitment to it. And so I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled The Secret of the Lord. The Secret of the Lord. And so what I want you to know is God didn't leave you here in the earth. And I'll say leave you because think about it. If all you needed was to be saved, you could be gone. You say, I receive you, Jesus, and then boom, you're gone. But we said, I receive you, Jesus. We receive him as Lord, but we're still here. And so, since we're still here, you know, he, he knows that we need his help. Amen? How, yes. how many of you know that you need his help? Yes. Okay. And so, we believe in empowering the believer. You know, it's like a slogan for our church. Saving the lost and empowering the believer. We believe that, hey, when that believer gets empowered with the word, then they can live victoriously in the earth. But they still need to depend on God. So, I don't care how many scriptures you memorize uh, how many confessions you have, I want you to always be mindful of the fact that you're still dependent upon God. Amen. And we we need God's help. And so the secret of the Lord, let's go to um, Psalm 25, 14. Psalm 25, 14. I'll just show you how the word works. It's really just how you benefit from the kingdom. Everything in this Bible is true and it's all figured out. We don't have to figure out anything. We just have to submit and learn from what's being taught okay so the secret of the lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant and so god has answers right god has answers to every one of life's problems do you know right now you can never go in, go through anything that god doesn't already know about and you can never be in a situation where you need answers That God doesn't have come on somebody and you know what his timing is perfect and he'll release things at the right time but you need to know that I'm going to a source that has all the answers that everything that I need to know he knows it already and so I don't have to be all anxious and upset I just need to be in position to receive what he is releasing and so God has answers to every one of life's problems he has solutions that He wants to reveal to us. What's your name say? I'm solution minded. Okay, so that's also that's a paradigm shift, right? Because a lot of people are problem focused. Can I get amen right here? A lot of people are problem focused. And so they want to talk about the problem. But we need to be solution minded. And so, yeah, that's what the problem is, but I've decided to put my mind on the solution, amen? Because how many know, if we all know about the problem, at the end of the day, we all still got the problem. But if some of us can become solution-minded, we can start talking about, well, it looks like this this way, but I'm going to pray because I think God can give us some answers, and he can tell us how to do it another way. And all of a sudden you become solution minded and God, this is a paradigm shift though, he'll tell you. So instead of saying what you can't do, start talking about what he can do Amen. and you start focusing on that kingdom result and not whatever you can do. And so God has solutions that he wants to reveal. What does that mean? Reveal. He, listen, you can't reveal something that you don't have. Amen. Amen. You can't give a revelation to someone in terms of financial wealth and you're broke. you not you don't have no revelation of that. You can't give a revelation to somebody on how to walk in abundant health and you struggling in your physical health. Amen. You got to have you got to have it to reveal it. And so God has it. He has everything. And so he wants to reveal it. And so if it's going to be revealed, that means it's going to be exposed. He wants to expose it to you where the devil is trying to get you to complain about your situation. But God wants you to. He wants to reveal to you the solution, but he has it. And if you know he has it, then now you have to position yourself. See, that's what we do as a church. We position ourselves. Not to get something. Not to go figure out how to do something. We position ourselves to receive. Yes. Come on, y'all. Yes. What God already has. Amen. I mean, no, he already had a building for us. Yes, you, do you think he had to figure out which building he's going to put us in? <laughs> he already had that. Amen. But it was up to us to position ourselves to receive. Revelation. Amen. Of what he had. Amen. And so. The way we do that, we, we position ourselves under him. So, so so look at your name and say, you're going to have to be under God. I got to take out the time to teach this, man. You could believe in God is good. He loves you and he's all that. But you got to also understand he's a just God and he's a God of order. And you have to be under him. You can't be alongside God. Oh, can I get it? No, I'm just going on over here. Who you? I'm just going along. Yeah, God, he's along. No, you better be following him. And so if if you're going to follow him, you have to be under him. You have to position yourself to where you're under him. So we must position ourselves under him so that everything he wants to give can flow freely into our lives. And so he'll give you things where it requires no sweat equity on your part. He'll fix things that you didn't know how to fix. But because you chose to position yourself under him, now you can receive what he has and it can flow into your life. So let's break down this text, this Psalm 25, 14. So if we look at it again, Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. And so. If we're breaking this down, this word secret in the Hebrew means confidential plans. Come on, somebody. Now, I'll tell you in a minute why they got to be confidential, but it's confidential plans. And so that word, you know, uh, secret in Hebrew, once again, means confidential plans. And this means that they are hidden from the counsel of the wicked. Mm. So God's got plans And solutions for you that are hidden from the counsel of the wicked. And so guess what? The enemy cannot disrupt what he doesn't know about. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, man, I want to help y'all. He can't mess up the prosperity that God has for you if he don't know about it. Oh, come on. If he don't know, he cannot sabotage Plans that he don't know about. Amen. Come on, uh, he didn't even know. Y'all in here with me, man? I'm. to get excited about it. He didn't. The devil didn't even know. See, we we think, oh well, you know, the devil's attacking. That's why I'm delayed. No, you just might be in a holding pattern because the devil don't even know what God's got for you. Come on, somebody. The devil didn't even know that God had that building for us. God. Because if he knew about it. He would have tried to disrupt it. He would have tried to scramble it. And see, when it's God, the devil can't stop it. Sometimes you might think, now I'm helping you as your pastor. Sometimes we think, oh man, you know what? The devil is attacking. Yeah, he will attack, but you got to understand what his plan is. The devil's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to throw you off. So he might attack, but when you start talking about, well, man, this took a little longer than I wanted it to take, you know, maybe the devil was delaying it. No, maybe God had you in a holding pattern so that other things could line up because the devil don't have the power to disrupt a plan he knows nothing about. How can he delay it? He didn't even know you were getting that. And so he's sitting there going, what? You mean to tell me where the life is getting that building? I wish I would have known. Because I surely would have messed that up. And he's, you know, he's talking to his little demons, talking about, y'all didn't tell me this. I didn't get no insight on this. I surely would have messed that up. He can't disrupt what he don't know about. And that's why he says the secret of the Lord. What is that? The confidential plans. Ah. The plans that are hidden from the wicked. Amen. See, that's why when I'm walking in the will of God, I don't worry about stuff. God. I, don't, I don't worry about anything because what can the devil do against God? And, uh, and some of you need to just learn this. Don't start complaining about a delay or your situation. Because when you start complaining, you're actually announcing in the spirit what god is doing and then the devil says oh wait what huh what say that again you said delay you said your house is getting delayed wait what what house wait hold on say that again (laughs) next thing you know he's saying well what's what's the address um where you got oh oh and see now you through complaining then you done revealed confidential plans and now god's going to go back to you See i didn't tell you to say nothing about that, but see, because it was taking too long, you start complaining, and so when you start complaining, come on, how I many know complaining ain't spiritual. when you start complaining, you step out of the spirit and you step into the emotional realm, and that is the realm that the devil dominates. Come on, you start stepping into the second heaven, and he is the prince and power of the air, and so when you do things that are not spiritual you step down and now you start to communicate in that area and he can take your words and manipulate them and get information that he wasn't supposed to get and all of a sudden now you start to experience an attack but god says how was he going to prepare for something he didn't know what do you think god told adam god said adam Where art thou? You know, God already knew. And then Adam said, we're naked. And then God said, who told you you was naked? See, he already knew information got leaked. He he started to communicate on a lower level. And because before that, he didn't know. He didn't know that was called. That's what it was. He had no clue. But information got leaked. You cannot leak information. See, don't. That's why I'm very careful with what I share in my own personal life. But I'm really careful in terms of the church because I cannot have people leaking God's plans to the enemy. I cannot have you saying uh, that's why you don't. You know, I'll never come up here stressing, hey, we don't, I don't know if we're going to make this deadline. I don't know if, it. see, if I start saying that stuff, then now you start saying it. Amen. And the devil says, wait, what, huh? Deadline was there to, oh, hold on. He's trying to get filled in. Amen. Now, as long as we walking with God, he don't know what we're doing. Amen. He don't know what our next step is. He ain't even going to know we left here. He's going to try to come back around and say, what, where'd they go? Now, none of y'all better be going out there complaining. Because remember, that's how you give information to the enemy. Yes. Oh, Panzer, I mean, it seems like it's taking long, you know, the building. And Pastor said the building and, um, you know, and we going over there and it seemed like, you know, they still ain't finished with everything. And now you're complaining. Yes. Right. Now you're trying to put our business out in the second heaven we want to keep ours in the third heaven Amen. above the devil right we have joint seating with christ and so we can live up there but you know what we don't do up there we don't complain we don't belly ache. we don't oh man i don't know what i'm how I many know i don't know what i'm going to do is not kingdom vernacular i don't know what to do that ain't kingdom. So we're going to keep this thing where it needs to be because, once again, it's all God. And so the secret that's confidential plans hidden from the counsel of the wicked. And that's how God's got to keep it. So the secret of the Lord is with them. With who? With them that fear him. Amen. See, that's, I'm, I'm just telling you the word. See, some people, they say, oh, you know, it doesn't have to be all like that. Whatever, you do what you want, man, you're grown. But I'm going to get a well done, my good and faithful servant. And I'm going to be judged based on, listen, I'm not going to be judged on how you follow the word I teach you. Oh, did y'all hear me? Do you understand that God will not judge me for how you followed the word I taught you? He is going to judge me based on the word I taught you. Did you tell them what I told you to tell them? Now, you're the one that's going to have to deal with God when he says he told you over and over and over and over and you refuse to obey. Yeah. Why? Why did you not obey? Now, you're going to have to answer God on that. Yes. You don't have to like some of y'all. You don't have me calling and saying, hey, brother, how come you don't, you know, just what I'm policing you. It's not my job. My job is to teach you. And now you got to take it and run with it. Amen. Amen. And so he says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. So the word fear this means um, uh, revere. And so it's like revere. You respect God. You, You stand in awe of God like you know some of you guys been in the military or something or where you come in and there's a high-ranking officer or official or something and there's uh, a certain amount of uh, expectation that everyone has and so that everyone in the room must do this or that. Is is that true? I mean, and so if the high-ranking person steps in there, then what if people were doing something else? So like the high-ranking official steps in there, but what if people are like, you know, on the, in the corner chit-chatting and they just... It seems like they're supposed to stand at attention or something like is that. Is that yeah, some accurate? That's right, yes. They're supposed to be like, oh, man. That's right, yes. So like if somebody wanted to tell you something, they better tell you later. Yes. <laughs> right now ain't the time. Amen. Well, there's a reverence. Yes. So you have a level of reverence for someone. And so imagine this. You reverence a high-ranking official. Amen. How much more reverence would you give God? Because there is no higher ranking official than him. And so and this is what this says. Those that fear him. Now, let me help you with this. When there's a fear and it's a reverential fear, where are the questions? So let me let me ask you this. If you stepped into that room and you're in the military, you stepped that high ranking official steps in there. And he says, this is what we're going to do. How many people say why? I can't get a, how many, how many in that group say, oh, I have one question, just want to know why we got to do it like that, because I'm just saying, I, you know, I didn't catch the revelation on that, how many know, they ain't asking you about no revelation in the military, amen. they don't ask you, hey guys, what do you think about this, no, this is what we're doing, and how many know there's consequences if you don't, amen, amen, and this is the way God is. This is the way God's structured. So when I fear him, that means I reverence him in holy awe. And so it doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter what is going on in my life. What matters is he's God and what he says goes. And if he tells me to love my neighbor as myself, even if my neighbor then got on my nerves and I'm ready to knock out my neighbor. But because I fear God, I am not. I'm going to show the neighbor love. Huh? Oh, see. Pastor. You know, I'm still working on that. Well, you don't fear him because when you fear God, you stop working on stuff and you just do it. I'm going to tell you that right now. When you fear God, you stop working on stuff and you just do it because the Bible gives us a clear warning that we are to fear the one who can destroy life and soul. So basically he can jack up your eternity. Amen. Amen. A lot of people don't fear God. That's why they're You know selective in their obedience they believe this but they don't believe that they do this but they don't do that that's because they've been lied to by a bunch of pastors who want their attendance. And a bunch of pastors looking for fan clubs. How I many know you're not going to get a big fan club if you keep teaching about the fear of the Lord. You start preaching about righteousness and holy living. You're not going to get a lot of thumbs up. You're not going to get a lot of fans who are saying, I just love that person. No because that's not popular what's popular today is let's change our church to fit the culture Uh, you know we can no longer teach about tithing because tithing is offensive to some people but it's in the book and that's what he tells us to teach so we're going to keep teaching it we're not going to put some agape box in the back to let you just swing by there and drop us a little donation we're going to teach on the covenant we're going to teach of the The power of principle. We're going to teach what happens when you obey God. You don't get the opportunity to choose what you're going to do. And then say, I'm following Jesus. You got to understand the word follow. That means he's in front and I'm behind. We're not equal partners in this. Amen. But see, you know, people change what they teach. Because of the culture. And so they get soft on some areas and they don't, oh, I don't want to touch on that. And no, no, you better preach it. We're going to live right in the eyes of God. Amen. No matter what they say, there's always going to be male and female. There's never going to be two men. Oh getting married and doing living a life and raising kids. I got two daddies that is wrong in the eyes of God. That's supposed to be a mama and a daddy. And it's never going to change no matter what this world tells you. You got to be one that says, no, I fear the Lord. I'm telling you that changed my life. I used to be the most prideful, stubborn person until I got a fear of the Lord. When I got a fear of the Lord, you want to talk about somebody being humbled and knees shaking? Amen. Ooh, that fear of the Lord will take the thickest head, the, the, the knucklehead of the captain of the knuckleheads. The fear of the Lord will humble that person. And that's what God does. And so those that fear him, revere, respect him. That's And so we bow before him as master. Now go to Psalm one eleven ten. 10. Psalm one eleven ten. 10. Psalm 111 10 he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. So before you fear God you don't know what you're doing. That's true. You got no answers. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. So what does that mean that that do his commandments that means I'm obeying him. Amen. Now. You may not do everything right in your life, but you are not trying to mess up on purpose. Can I get amen right there? Come on, there's a difference. Oh, well, we got to be robots. No, be yourself. But don't see where people go wrong is they try to justify themselves for not doing right. Instead of just saying, Lord, whoo, I messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> y'all, ain't none of y'all doing that with God. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have. No. That's okay, repent, Amen. right? You mess up, fess up, get blessed up. Amen. But don't go coming up with some new doctrine. No. Right. You know, people that done, done this, man. There's people that were pastors that were on fire for God. And they changed the whole doctrine. And they said, oh, God doesn't care about sin anymore. <laughs> what? And then they said this whole thing. And, and God you know, God knows that some people are going to be gay and lesbian. And he doesn't care. He accepts this. He accept, he said, they said all this stuff that God never said. And now who, who gives us the right to do that? To change what he said. It's what he said. And so we need to bow to it. And so then now he's letting us know if you can do that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is going to help you to do right. And then back to our text in Psalm twenty-five fourteen, he says. The last part of it, he says that he will show them his covenant. So the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. We've already talked about fear. We already talked about what the secret is, but he says And he will show them his covenant. So his covenant, the word covenant, it means promise. It's like a league, an agreement. And so a covenant cannot be broken. And so he says he will show them his covenant. So let's go to Hebrews now. Hebrews 10, 16, and 17. King James, Hebrews 10, 16, and 17. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. Stop right there. Okay, so this is powerful. Have you guys ever known anybody that you knew them, you know, in their past life, but then they got saved and you still like, wait, that, wow. Come on, being honest, you're talking about, you, wait. Some of you might have said, Lord, he's saved <laughs> because they changed so much. Right. Think about this. Think about maybe it was you. I know I could speak for myself. That was me. People that knew me before I got saved. I was a totally different person. And there's like people that know me today. They can't put those two together because that's two different worlds. It's like, yeah, you may have some personality uh, Traits where you might, you know, laugh or you, you know, just the personality like that. But I'm talking about the actions, like before being this way, so totally against, you know, what's right. But then how, like, how can a person that was rebellious come on? I can't, I know the suburbs church, man. But people, a I pastor, I've never been rebellious. I just, you know, I mean, <laughs> And sometimes when you talk about these things, I don't relate because I've just been born in the holiness church. Well, I wasn't born in the no holiness church. And when you talk about rebellion, rebellion is where you hard-headed. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You don't want to listen to nobody. You know what I'm saying? You. I mean, I know growing up, yeah, I respect my mom and, and you know, I'll do that. But how I many know oh, only certain people... You know, I got one mama. That's it. But everybody else, you ain't my mama. You ain't my daddy. You know, you ain't this. You ain't that. I ain't listening to you. You see what I'm saying? That's rebellion. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. It's some wickedness attached to it. But how is it possible for somebody like that? Like me, I didn't grow up with a dad. I have no men showing me how to be. How is it possible for me To grow up and be a good husband. How is it possible for me to grow up and be a good parent? How can I raise my own son. And teach him how to be a man. When I wasn't taught how. Oh come on. How can I do. What is this. So now I'm able to change. And the the course of life is changed. For the generations that come after me. But how could I do that. When there was no one there showing me. How can I show my kids how they need to read the Bible, but nobody showed me that I need to read my Bible? Are you are you here? Huh? You say, well, what is this? Now, how do you now have this commitment? I'm talking about when God got a hold of me, it shifted. It became a I was committed, man. I was carrying my Bible in public. I had a uh, old. It's old now, but. I was carrying that Bible. I was about this business, this new business I got introduced to. Now I was a radical with, for this business. Amen. But how does that happen? Well, he must have went to, he must have had a good mentor. No, I'll tell you how it happened. It's right here. Yes. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. He says, I, not nobody else, I will put my laws in their heart. Why am I passionate about obeying God? Because he put his laws in my heart. He's the one that wrote it in there. And that's why can't nobody take it out. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And look at this. And their sins. Come on. I did more than a few. I get to thinking about some things, and I'm like, you know, dang, Lord, I'm ashamed of that. And then God is like, what? Shame to what? He said, you know, Lord, I just feel so bad. Well, hold on, let me, I'm looking in the books. So I don't, what you, what you talking about? What you said, what? What you said, what was that? You did what? Okay, let me. I can't find that. Oh, y'all don't know what we got up in here, man. You got to be excited about this. He don't even remember it. So he can't use it against me. And so it's just me and the devil because he's stuck in the soul realm. And so he is trying to remind me of my failures, my shortcomings. But when I go to God, He says, "I don't. uh, I'm looking. hmm. All I see is red. Come on, all I see is blood. All I see is blood. Over your your whole book is covered in blood. This is amazing, man. This is amazing because if not, you wouldn't have a chance because you would be leaning back to things that you knew. You would be leaning back to things that were." impressions and marks that were made in your soul but when you catch revelation that everything's covered by the blood and he don't remember it no more that is something that his, he's talking about I'm going to reveal to you that covenant because you don't know the power of that covenant you don't know the power of how God can take a sinner and wash them up clean them up and then transform them into a saint and never look at them as a sinner ever again and all he sees from now on is a saint walking in the earth anointed and appointed. Come on, man. The world don't want you to get this. They want you to keep apologizing for stuff that he don't even remember. Amen. Wow, man, this is powerful. God don't even remember I used to have a temper. Amen. God don't even remember, you know, all the stuff people have done. You know what I'm saying? People say, man, I used to be hooked on this, hooked on that. God don't remember that Amen. because of blood. He says, "In their sins and inequities, I'll remember them no more. Ooh, that's, man, I'm telling you, when you catch that, now, God has to show this to us. I can be up here preaching, and I can tell you that God doesn't remember your sins. But until he shows it to you, it won't be real to you. But if God shows you that I only see you now covered by the blood, I don't see you as an outsider anymore. I don't see you as a recovering. How many know you ain't recovering from nothing if you've been redeemed? Oh, come on, somebody. Let me just help you. Ain't no recovering if you've been redeemed. Redeemed means purchased back before that ever happened. When we was walking in, Adam's walking in the garden, he wasn't recovering from nothing. So now, through Jesus, I've been redeemed, purchased back to my original. Amen? Amen. So this is powerful stuff. And their sins and inequities, I'll remember them no more. So God has to show this to us. He has to reveal to us the power of this new covenant. Now, this new covenant is not about earning. Hmm? This is not about earning. I couldn't have earned what he just promised me in Hebrews ten, sixteen and seventeen. There's nothing I could have done to earn that. So this new covenant is not about earning, but it's about receiving. Now because of Jesus we have access to God. Think about this. You now have access to God. Amen. If you ever study God, you'll realize how people did not have access to him. You'll realize how strict he was. You'll realize how y'all remember when they were carrying the temple and the temple uh uh the Ark of the Covenant, and it started to fall off. y'all remember that story in the Old Testament? It started to fall off, and the man went to save it from hitting the ground and he dropped dead Because you just can't touch't God didn't care about no good intentions, and I was just trying to keep it from dead. amen. because God was untouchable. You know, behind the veil, the old temple structure. You had the outer court, the inner court. You had behind the veil. Nobody was going up in there. Amen. Oh, knew? No. Even Moses, he had to hide his face. God said, put your, go ahead, put your face up in that rock. Because you can't even look on me. You see what I'm saying? But now, because of Jesus, we have access to God. Amen. No more outer court religion. God. Don't let nobody fool you with this religious stuff. Well, you know, your dress wasn't long enough. You can tell them I didn't like it. I didn't want no long dress. If you want a long dress, buy it for yourself. (laughs) Amen? Nobody, you know, you you can't get caught up in all these religious things. No more, that's outer court. I'm just trying to do stuff for God. God. You know, I'm trying to, you know, it's not about that. No more outer court religion, but now it's behind the veil relationship. So now I get behind the veil. I enter into relationship. Now I get to, how many of y'all talk to God? Come on. But do you go to him? Oh, thou majestic, uh, holiest father of the oh, If I may just approach you. Come on, you ought to be in that place where you just talk to him. Amen. So Lord, I'm just, you know. You sometimes you just tell God, I just love you. Lord, I just want to let you know I love you. And say, I love you too. Amen. But he'll give you all kinds of answers. You can just sit down and ask God, yeah, Lord, I was just thinking about this. So, you know, and then he'll just start talking to you, dropping things into your spirit. He'll just, this is God. This is what the relationship is supposed to be about. And so now we can be exposed to God's way of doing things. Now, he does things in a different way than we do. But we need to be exposed to His way of doing things. How do we get that exposure? It's going to be through that relationship. Come on, some of you, you know, you're, let's say you have kids, you're raising up your kids. That's why it's good to have a, a good relationship with your kids. Don't let your kids just know you as, oh, that's Dad. You know, don't bother Dad. He's just over there. My kids, they knew. They can interrupt me anytime. Now I don't know. I don't remember telling them that, but uh, clearly they knew it because. I can remember I could be working, and my especially my son. This brother just, you know, some people knock like when the door's close. I mean, you ever seen it? And sometimes people knock. My son, he didn't knock. He just. I guess I never taught him that in regards to me, but he would just come in. Hey, Dad, I'm just. I said, brother, man, I'm just right in the middle of something, man. But he, I mean, my son is still like that. He will FaceTime me and he expects me to pick it up. And, and most of the time I do, I could be in a meeting, I could be in something and I'll say, okay, amen, I'm in here doing this. Let me call you back. But he has access. He and see. So when you're raising your kids, you want them. You want them to have a relationship with you, not just like I'm just this rigid person where they can't approach. Well, it's the same with God. God wants you to know you can come to him. You have access through the blood of Jesus and you can come to him and interrupt him or whatever. You can come to him at any time without any hesitation. And so now if I do that, I get exposed. And so just uh, with the parent example, my son, my daughters, you know, they got exposed to how I do things because of relationship. And so they all, to this day, they know they can call me and I'm going to help them. Either I'm going to be there or I'm going to figure out how to get whatever needs to be there. You know, they know how I work. They know how I operate. And so there's a comfort that they have. Amen. And so if we start to understand that if I'm with God in fellowship, then now I start to learn how he works. That's now I start to get an idea. So go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, Jeremiah 33, three. So now he says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So we don't have to say, I don't know what to do because he says, call upon me. But you got to call upon him when you're in that place of fellowship. You're in that, you can't call upon him from some religious place. You got to be close enough. And he said, I'm a call on God. And then God knows who you are and he'll communicate with you. Look at this in the Amplified Classic real quick. So he says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great mighty things. Look at this, fenced in and hidden. Stop right there. Now we covered this as we started teaching earlier. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. What is that? That's those hidden, fenced in things. Things that he ain't telling the devil. And so you can call to him and he says, I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize. That's why sometimes you got to stop and ask God, God, what am I supposed to see right here? Because sometimes you'll be in some situations where you're not familiar. You're not, you're just like it's new territory, but then you just stop and you ask God, show me what I'm supposed to know. It says things you do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. And then go to Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55. I was going through these scriptures quick. I got to make sure you get the, the word on it. Amen. That's most important. Seek the Lord while he may be found. See that? Amen. So you, you want to do that. You know, you want to be a person that seek the Lord. I seek him on everything, man. I'm just being honest. I ask him how to do everything. And he shows me. I've done stuff that I had no training to do. But God showed me how to do it. Amen. I have figured out problems to think, you know, answers, solutions to things that I really have no experience to lean on. But God has shown me. And God will start. He'll show you stuff. Sometimes it'll just you could get up in the morning and you'll be thinking about something else. And then it'll be. You were looking for a solution to something two days ago. And now you're up. You're just brushing your teeth. And then he goes, boom, there's the answer. Oh, that's the thing I was looking two days ago. I just got my answer right here. That's what he does. And he's constantly doing this. I mean, God is constantly making connections. He's aligning us with people. We're getting to meet people. He's just all this stuff is is him. But we get the benefit from it when we fear Him. When we revere Him. We know that He's God. We're not trying to argue with Him. And we're in that place. And so, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Next verse. Let the wicked forsake His way. So, what does this mean? Those that are even doing wicked things forsake His way. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let let him return unto the Lord. Stop right here. So, what this means is... Even though you might have been with God, you can do wicked things. Even though you've been with God, you can have unrighteous thoughts. Right. But what do you do? You forsake those things and return. Amen. You get it? Amen. So, oh, Lord, no, that ain't the way I'm going. I'm not about to do that.